Merry Christmas, amazing, you know, and uh, it's, uh, Holy Spirit, thank you, you're already here, just reveal the glory, the wonder that the eternal, uncreated God joined himself, entered into creation, amen, amen. So, uh, you know, Christmas is full of wonder, isn't it? Amen. Easter, the resurrection is, you know, Paul wrote, if there was no resurrection, we're the most miserable of all people. But there would have been no resurrection without the incarnation. You know, it's, it's uh, the central miracle on which all others depend. It's the miracle that gives every miracle prior to the incarnation its meaning and it's out of it flows every other miracle. And it's just like, this is it. When our oldest daughter was about three or four years old, she informed us, it was around, sometime around Christmas, that she informed us, she said, I know the first miracle Jesus ever did. I said, what's that, Elizabeth? She said, well, when he was born, he was the youngest person in the world, but he was the oldest. <laughs> and we were like, uh, you know, out of the, but I mean, it's an amazing thing. Christmas delights children. And it's not just the gifts and Santa Claus and all of that, you know, that almost becomes a distraction. But th there's this wonder of the infant God, you know, this wonder that we, you know, it just brings delight, it brings warmth, it brings you know, it brings in the darkness and the pressure, people mess up and show up on Christmas morning with hangovers or big regrets or, you know, it's just like, but that's outside of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and in all who will ponder and consider and think there's something like, you know, warmth and good cheer and, and this great reception. It's just, you know, it disarms adults. You know, people may hate everything about Christianity. They may fear, you know, it or consider it legalistic or painful or whatever their bad memories of getting their hands whacked by nuns in parochial schools or living under various forms of laws and, and self-righteousness and not in grace, but there's something that softens the heart in this whole narrative. It's the truth, it's history. And so that disarms all but the most hard-hearted curmudgeons, you know. Uh, <laughs> and even Scrooge had a visitation that changed his heart, but so, there's something about Christmas, it's the annual cycle of remembering and responding to this gift of God. You know, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, we light up our homes, we decorate our homes, you know, the, we fill our homes with all kinds of decorations, and not every single person does this, but it's pretty widespread, you know, that trees go up and wreaths get hung and garlands, there's... You know, and people go around singing carols. Before Anna and I knew the Lord, we were 20 years old and 
crazy in love and it was really cold and Christmassy and there was two feet of snow on the ground and like pretty close to zero degree temperatures in the mountains in Northern California. And we just walked all over this little mountain town singing Christmas carols. You know, <laughs> oh, holy night, oh, little town of Bethlehem. And, and it was, there's wonder in it. And uh, we give gifts and receive them. And we sing about this event. Almost everyone knows Silent Night or Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, whether they're, they're, they're believers or not. People find themselves singing. It's wild. Not so much at Easter, even though, I mean, in, it, for our salvation, Easter was so everything rests on it. But this gift of God, thank you, Lord, just let it spread. And it, because, what is it? It's the story that God is with us, that he's Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. What a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. No one ever heard of that before or since. Bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. No, you'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Ever since this moment in time, God has been with us in creation, not only as a creator, but part of creation. And this will never end. His union with creation will never permit divorce. He sits on the throne, God, man. Crazy, wild. Emmanuel is so mind-boggling. And you really can't... you can reject this whole story, but it's only if you refuse to dig into it and ponder it. And it, the, the deal is, it's impossible to fully comprehend. Uh, but it's essential to comprehend the message, both of the Old and New Testaments. Like, so here we have this event we can't fully understand, but it gives us the light that we can fully understand everything else. It's like the sun, the unaided human eye. You cannot stare at the sun or, or you'll blind yourself. But because of the light of the sun, we can see everything else. That's how the incarnation is. We can't fully get it. It's too bright, too glorious, too powerful, too full. But it allows us to understand everything else. It only happened once, and it happened at the right time, and it divides time, as we've said. It's the end of the old and the beginning of the new. It's where B.C. ends and A.D. begins, and even if you try to get Christ out of it, it's where B.C.E., before the current era, ends, and C.E., the current era, ends. What is the current era? It's the era in which God, at a point in time, entered into creation, He did it on his own, you know. And why did he do it? It was at the fullness of time. He was born of a woman, born under the law, and it was to redeem us. Thank you, Jesus. And so this is what it is. It's the, we call it the advent. He came. He'll come again. The the advent is Latin, means the coming. The Greek equivalent is this word parousia, which sometimes you'll hear preachers say when they're talking about the second coming. Because without the first coming, there'd be no second coming. He's coming back to claim everything he purchased. And so, uh, but here's, you know, the story is so sweet. You know, Joseph, 
Joseph and Mary, the taxes get raised, and, and so they have to go sign up with the tax man in Bethlehem. And so they're in the right place at the right time where it was prophesied. But we read in Luke 2, 5, it says, and when they were there, it, um, the time came. The time, it was the right time in the fullness of time. The time came for her to give birth. And so as she's giving birth, there's a point at which he crowned. In full (laughs) contact and pressure with her humanity, he crowned. And at this moment, coming forth from Mary's humanity, All past and future time and space was held within the frailty of an infant's heartbeat still tethered to his mother by an umbilical cord. It's very interesting. Umbilical, anyway, it comes from a Latin word, of course, which comes from a Greek word, which actually means the center of all things. It's like the... uh, It's like this is the center where human and divine are tethered. And the divine depends on the human even though none of it would exist without the divine. This is the wonder of Christmas. And uh, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because, because there was no place for them at the normal place, the inn, the guest room, whatever it is. And this union of creator and creation will never, never end. It's beyond our full comprehension. I'm just, this is like a little devotional thought to hopefully increase your wonder, not only of today, but as we live under his grace. The great bishop of Hippo, which is currently in Libya, or yeah, it's in Libya, North Africa, Augustine, one of the greatest minds that's ever gifted the earth. He pondered this mystery. These are just some words, which no doubt he wrote in Latin. And unfortunately, uh, I, I have them in English here. He, by whom all things were made, was made one of all things. Who is the revealer of the father, the creator of the mother, the son of God by the father without a mother, the son of man by the mother without a father. The word who is God before all time, the word made flesh at the right time. The maker of the son is made under the son, ordering all the ages from the bosom of the father He now hallows a day from the womb of his mother, remaining in the former, coming forth from the latter, author of the heavens and the earth, coming forth under the heaven, out of the earth. Unspeakably wise, his wisdom, a babe without speech, filling the world, lying in a manger. So it's just like, this has been blowing people's minds for millennia. (laughs) And so the very first witnesses to this are are pretty humble people. Luke 2.8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. If you were here last night, you heard John 
give a great monologue about the condition of the shepherds. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord around them and they were filled with great fear. And, and of course the angel did what angels always say. They say, fear not. There's authority in their word. And there's authority in the word of God in your mouth too. And uh, I bring you good news of great joy. I'm evangelizing you with great joy and it's for all people. Unto you born this day in the city of David, very specific a day and a, and a little town called the city of David and we still remember this day. Whether it was exactly December 25th or not, but in, we've been celebrating it at this time for centuries so it's fine with me. It's like how we remember birthdays and anniversaries, something really important. We come to the season, the whole world is kind of put into a happy birthday Jesus mode. We may not totally get it, but you'll find, there will be a sign you will find. Isn't that great? He's saying, you're gonna go after this, you're gonna find what you're looking for, a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, which is very unusual and has symbolism to those shepherds. But then there's what happens. This, the, the gospel is being declared by this angel and there's worship that joins heaven and earth. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, companies and companies of the armies of heaven praising God and saying, probably singing, glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo. On earth peace, goodwill toward men. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem <laughs> and, and see this thing that has happened. And literally the thing is, it's the Greek word rhema. It means this is a word of God and it has come into existence. And so they, they hurry they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. It's something about when God comes to us and shows us things, it's a good thing to, do, to quickly respond. It's like the obedience of faith. And they went and they saw it and they made it known what had been told them concerning this child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. And then the shepherds returned. Now they're glorifying God, praising him because of what they've heard and seen. And so this is what we keep doing during this time and during this season. We just rehearse it and it gives glory to God. You know, it's like, thanks for remembering. Thanks for making, just like we would celebrate a birthday or an anniversary. You know, and it's kind of like, the, those in my family, there were five of us, and you know, basically most of the years, my parents forgot my birthday. They were stressed out, they were overwhelmed. I didn't resent it; it was just the way it was. I was quite shocked when I came here to Pennsylvania, and I was around a lot of people with different traditions. When I came here to Pennsylvania, and I now and suddenly I find myself, you know, as the senior pastor of Word Fellowship, and I'm like, what? And then so we had a very small staff, and. Several of them were from the Leach family, and John and Brian had key roles, and uh, John was a youth pastor. Brian did a lot of other stuff. 
And I was quite shocked that whenever it was their birthday, it was like a national holiday. They took the day off, maybe the week off, you know? It's like, what? And it was just like, I had to, I, I had to learn this culture and plan ahead. Like, okay, they're all gonna be gone. So I had to have a plan B here. And uh, so, but it, you know, there's something holy about honoring big events. That's why husbands have forever gotten in trouble if they forget their anniversaries. You know, it's kind of like, it's good to get married on a significant day. Ann and I got married on the summer solstice. I can remember it every year. <laughs> Her birthday comes a week before. A few times I have like been focused on the anniversary, not the birthday. And I learned as time went on and that they're both highly important. It's like why it's important to celebrate this. And so, so here we are, you can stand up. Um, this is a celebration of both a baby boy and this mind, you know, it short circuits our minds of an infant God. And we, there's this old hymn, we're not gonna sing it this morning, but it asks the question, what child is this? who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping. Can you imagine God's taking a nap? Whom angels greet with handsome sweets while shepherds watch her keeping. Why lies he in such mean a state where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear, for sinners hear the silent word is pleading. He came to save us. He descended and he went down, down, down. He stooped below like a diver diving into the depths of the sea, disappeared so that he could get to the bottom, lift us up and carry us up. When he rose in God, we read that we rose with him. Now we're seated with him. So bring us, bring him incense, gold and myrrh, come rich and poor to own him. The king of kings, salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. This, this is Christ the King. So there it is. Unto us a child is born. And we celebrate this with awe and wonder. So I thought a, a good way to end this would just be to sing. And I, I love that, you know, these songs have been written periodically. You know, what child is this? I don't know when it was written in sometime in the, 17th, 18th century. Mary, did you know? That's another one of those, those songs that asks the question. And, and in recent years, there's then this song that absolutely captures my imagination. And so I can't preach any better than you can while you're singing this song. So let it, Holy Spirit, just let the wonder of the incarnation fill our hearts with hope Fill our minds with peace. We thank you that because he's the Prince of Peace, that you, the God of all peace, will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. And so we lift our voices in wonder, humility, faith, and adoration in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you. By the way, I want to thank the worship team, the tech team, the building team, all you who came out on Christmas morning so that we could worship in a really wonderful way. I'm so moved, it's like a little epilogue. Love embraced our fate when the playwright took the stage. The amazing thing is you don't have a fate anymore because he took our fate and it was nailed to the cross. And the handwriting against us that would determine our fate was all removed, it was washed away. And now you have a destiny, you have a calling, you have he came like, you know, like a great strong man. He, he humbled himself. He went down. He crawled under the burden of our sin so that he could lift it off of us. And when he rose again, he took you with him. And one day it'll manifest in all creation, new heaven, new earth. Now, sinners are recreated into saints. So stunning. So Father, we love you and we thank you for your indescribable, unspeakable, inexpressible gift. This one who came, born a son, born Emmanuel for us. We worship you. We ask you that we would be fully filled with the narrative of your grace, that we're living in a gift, not by works, but by your gift, by your grace. We're set free. We just pray for homes today that they'd be filled with faith, with love. We pray there would be open hearts. We pray this would be open season on sinners who are called out of darkness into your marvelous light. That, that there just be a preaching and a demonstration of the gospel of Jesus, of the love of God in home after home, in neighborhoods. God, we just thank you for that. We thank you that this, this celebration is so great that one day can't contain it. We pray you'd give us 12 days of Christmas, God, that it would just keep going on and on and on and fill our hearts and minds as we move into 2023. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, Merry Christmas and uh, love you guys. If many of you, I won't see you till next year, so. <laughs> but we shall return, right? And you shall too, okay. God bless you and everyone online, God bless you. Thank you.